Thank you for being a gracious father. Thank you for being our provider and the source of everything that we desire. Thank you for seeing what we need and providing that. Thank you for your perfect peace. Thank you for your joy. And God, we thank you now for your indwelling presence in the form of your Holy Spirit. We thank you now for having a right relationship with you and with one another. We thank you for that. We thank you for hearts that are hungry and desire more of you. So God, fill us up. Fill us up to overflowing. And we thank you for it. Thank you for the comfort that comes from knowing that you'll always be there and that you will never fail us. And we give you praise for that. Now, God, we thank you for your soon coming kingdom. God, we ask that you would allow your presence to prepare us now for that transition. And we give you praise for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. In my Father's house, been the message today. My God, that would have been good. What a glorious morning. <laughs> this is the first day of the year that I had to fight with the mosquitoes to get my car back. <laughs> I went out and got, got ready to get in and they always wanted to get in too. I said, hey, <laughs> Only room enough for one. <laughs> Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, aren't you excited about what's happening? Amen. Come on. Woo. Philippians, uh, Philippians, yeah, that's for real. Philippians, right? This is, this is Sunday, right? No, this, okay. Philippians chapter 4. I want to do one verse. One verse, the verse that we've been all waiting for. Verse 9, it says this, the things which you have learned and received, heard and saw in me, these things do. And the God of peace will be with you. Amen. 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 I want to talk to you on this thought today, balancing attitude and action. There must be a balance, a consistent balance between what I think and what I do. Amen. Amen? You can be seated. Now, over the last month, we've been talking a lot about attitudes. Uh, has yours improved? <laughs> I, I pray it has. <laughs> but we said your attitude determines what? See, you only go as far as your attitude will allow you to soar. And we talked to you over the last several weeks about uh, trying to get rid of negative thoughts so that you can think positive things or you can th uh, think pure thoughts. And in the process, if you change your thinking, uh, according to Romans 12 and 2, 
if we have our mind renewed with the word, then our thought process should change. Uh, the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So we know what you're thinking by what you're doing. Are we still together? So Paul goes on to explain in uh, uh, Ephesians, Ephesians, Philippians chapter four. He begins to tell us uh, in verses four through eight. Uh, he begins it by saying, "Rejoice in the Lord always," and then he tells us that we need to be gentle and, and let it be known to all men. He said, then he goes and he says, "Don't, don't be anxious for anything." Uh, he's he's giving you some some guides that you need to follow. Amen. Then in verse eight, he begins to tell us, finally, these are the things that you ought to be considering. Amen. And then he got to verse nine and that's where he summarized it. That's where he brought it all together. So here's what he's saying to us this morning. He said, you cannot separate outward action and inward attitudes. Sin always results in unrest. Listen, sinners are never at peace. Hmm? Sinners are never at rest even when they're asleep. If you think so, go to a sinner's house and throw a rock on the door. See what happens. The Bible says <laughs> that purity always uh, should result in peace. Uh, Isaiah says, Isaiah 26 and 3, that he'll keep you perfect peace if you keep his mind stayed on him. Now, Isaiah uh, also says in Isaiah chapter 32, uh, in verse 17, he says this, the work of righteousness will be peace. And the effect of righteousness is quietness, assurance, forever. James says this in James 3.17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable. And you know the rest of that story. The thing that, that we have to understand is that it's our attitude that drives our thoughts, and our thoughts control what we act, uh, how we act. When people say, I did not mean to do that, what they really mean is, I didn't mean for you to catch me doing that. Because I was thinking it. Amen. Now, if you act, and before I go any further, if you act without thought, then there's something wrong with you. I'm not supposed to say there's something wrong with you. They tell me it's wrong for me to say there's something wrong with you. But if you act without thinking, there's something wrong with you. Why is that? Because one of the fruit of the spirit is what? What? So you can't let your mouth say something that you haven't thought out. Folks are always talking about it slip. Yeah, because you wanted it to slip. That was a, a purposeful slip. <laughs> now, if I hold the wrong attitude, then my actions will also be wrong. Do you hear what I just said? 
If your attitude is wrong, your actions are always going to be wrong. That's why uh, you can do things to people that are hurtful. And you say, again, you didn't mean to. Can I get... One of, the, one of the problems that we face as saints of the Most High God is we don't know how to apologize without an explanation. Can I try that one more time? We don't know how to apologize without an explanation. Well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that, but you see, that negates, do you understand what I'm saying? That's a self-serving apology, and you only want to make you feel better, not me. Back in the day when I was a little taught, there was a, a singer by the name of Brenda Lee. Y'all don't remember Brenda Lee. Act like y'all act like you do. You know you don't remember. But she had a song called I'm Sorry. <laughs> and the song said, I'm sorry that I was such a fool. And the thing is, when you apologize, that should be your thought process. I was foolish to do what I did because what I did was wrong. Why was it wrong? It may not have been wrong in and of itself, but it's wrong because it offended you. Y'all understand that? <sighs> now, right living is a necessary condition for experiencing the peace of God. So Paul balances these four activities. And now notice the way he writes it. He says, learned and receive. And then he says, heard and saw. Those are two different things. If you go to school of any kind, there is always the instructional part. And then there's the examination of the instructions that were given. Can I say that one more time? Uh, as we used to say in my business, there's the instruction and then there's the practical exercise. I want to know that you heard what I saw, what I said. I want to know that you heard it and you understood it. And the only way that I can do that is I have to see you perform it. And you see, Paul, and I'm going to skip way down. He says this. He says that you have to be in First uh, Corinthians 11 and one. He says, be imitators. Follow me as I follow Christ. Now, I'm going to just tell you right up front. Uh, when people say, follow me as I follow Christ, you know the Bible says that you should be Christ-like. You know what I'm saying? Y'all don't know what I'm talking about because y'all looking at me funny. You're not Christ. <laughs> Do you understand that? Paul says, follow me, a human being, as I follow Christ, who had no guile. You will not be able to be Christ-like if you don't have a human example. Oh, you're getting quiet now. Who that? Is that you, Pastor? Is that you? You the example I'm supposed to follow? <laughs> oh, I, I, you know, that's how y'all talk to Head and all.
follow the example that leads you to Christ. Now, can I just, and again, since we're out here, let me just tell you a couple of things. Paul says this, he says, uh, I think it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He says, not all things are lawful for me. Huh? That means that I can do some stuff that might not work for you. So if you're following me, you have to follow me as I follow Christ. Well, Pastor, I remember when you, yeah, well, that was a mistake. I freely admit that that was a mistake. So you're going to follow my mistake? That's not what he said. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. Now, why does he say that? And I'm going to get back to the lesson now. It's because human beings make mistakes. And those mistakes are not necessarily because they're uh, 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 done on purpose, but they're done for your edification. Because, listen, there's more value in knowing what not to do than there is in knowing what to do. I remember a, a famous quote from Pat Spicer. She always said this, uh, I can't tell you how to raise your children, but I can tell you what not to do. <laughs> and this is what we need to, to remember. You, there's some stuff that you... Listen, people make mistakes for a couple of reasons, because I told you this before, and I know y'all didn't like it when I said it, but I'm going to just tell, maybe I'll tell the ceiling. Some people are just put here to be a bad example. That's why you can't follow everybody. All right? <laughs> so Paul says this, come on. He says... Uh, uh, <laughs> it's one thing to learn a truth, but it's quite another to receive it inwardly. Uh, and second Thessalonians, his uh, first Thessalonians, he says this in verse two. He says, for this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us. Now, notice that you don't receive the word unless you've heard the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There must be a hearing. All right. Now, can I tell you the first the first indication that you didn't hear is when you do something different. When somebody says, go down to the end of the block and make a left turn and you turn right, then you didn't hear. Them. Unless. But I can't say that. <laughs> he said, you welcome not as the word of men, but as in truth, the word of God. So what is what Paul says, I'm teaching this word so that you can receive it as the word of God. And then he goes one step further. He says the things that you have heard and received from me, he says, but there's one other step. There must be some experience, experiential uh, uh, walking out of this word. You can't just hear it. You can sit in class forever, but at some point in time, you know, you might need to go and try to do something. Amen. So what he's saying is the first thing you have to understand is that you have to receive it as the word of God. And then if you receive it as the word of God, he says, 
And then the, the things that you uh, saw and, and you saw in me, do it. Now, does everybody know what the doctrine of Christ is? Does everybody understand the doctrine of the church? Does everybody understand what it is that we're supposed to be receiving? How can you question whether it's right or wrong if you don't know what you're supposed to do as a saint? Now, what does that mean? That means that there are several things. Uh, most of you all uh, have heard of the Apostles' Creed. Okay? And you know pretty much what it says. But let me paraphrase some things for you. We know that Jesus was the Son of God. Right? God was, was his Father. He was the Creator. The Bible says that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit of a virgin came to earth as a man, died, the Bible says he was crucified, suffered, and died for our sins. He stayed in the grave for three days, resurrected, ascended to heaven, where he is now at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. We understand that Christ died for our sins, but he lives again for our salvation. We know this. Amen. If you know those things, those are the things Paul is saying we have to learn as a result of hearing them over and over and over. It does not matter about the mark of the beast. Come on. Doesn't matter what the mark is, who gets it and who doesn't get it. That's not about you getting into heaven. Well, Pastor, I read that somewhere this vaccine is the mark of the beast. I expect any day now to pop out on my forehead of my <laughs> And of course, if you're reading it, if you're reading it, then you understand that, uh, okay, I hate to say it this way. It means the rapture's coming. We, met, we missed it, so that's why we're waiting. Church ages, custom antichrist has already come to power. Is that what it says? Oh, now wait a minute, Pastor, you're messing up my theology. That's why you're not, you're not supposed to capitalize on this stuff. What do I keep telling you? Read the red. Okay, one more. <laughs> the reason that we have such a problem in receiving truth <clears throat> is because for the last four years, we have been inundated with the fact, watch this now, because I, I, this is, is non-political, I just want you to understand something, that we have been told time and time and time again, don't believe the experts. I alone can fix this problem. So now four years later, you don't know who to believe. 
because the guy who was in charge said, don't believe any of these experts. I'm smarter than the generals. I'm smarter than the doctors. So now you think. So you might not be smarter than the doctors and the generals, but you know you're smarter than that pastor. So he, <laughs> amen. So from this, this teaching, Paul gives us uh, two things. It is the handing down to men the accepted body of truth, which is doctrine. If you don't have a doctrine that you believe in, why are you in church? You, you got to know what you believe. Amen. And then he says this. He says that the church that you are part of should all have the same doctrine. What? Everybody here should have the same doctrine. Yes. Yes. But I think, well, you ain't part of us then. We believe that Jesus is Lord, that he rose from my sin and that he is my salvation. So therefore. then you're in the wrong church. So the second thing Paul says about this is that, uh, that there must be a personal interpretation of the, uh, of the instructions that's given. And see, this is where we have an issue. If you cannot follow a human being, it does not matter how much you get in theory. You have to have a human that you can follow. Why? Because human beings are the ones who have experiences. If you're following somebody who's dead, you can't relive their experience. You understand that? I would love to be able to walk in Paul's shoes, but Paul is not here. I don't know what Paul was going through. I can't ask Paul. I don't know why Paul made some decisions that he made. I don't know why Paul felt one way about women at one time and felt another way about them at another time. I don't know. What was he dealing with? I don't know. He was not here to talk to me. So you cannot exercise your doctrine if you don't have a live human being to follow. Yeah, get quiet on me. I don't I ain't mad with you. You can follow somebody else. You, if you think following uh, somebody on TV, I'm not going to call it a name. But if you think that person is, is your example, follow them. Knock yourself out. But in the midnight hours, folks say. Hmm? I dare not tell the story, but I, I, I declare it's right on the tip of my tongue. I'm scared. Not <laughs> Woo, let me move on to something else while I tell it. <laughs> so the, the thing that Paul says here is that the, the information that he received from Christ must be passed on, and it must be passed on in simplicity, which is the theme for us, so that we can receive it. Now, those of you who've been with me for a while know I am simple. 
you trying to make me deep. No, because you think it can't be that simple. There must be more to it than that. No, that's all there is. That, that's all there is. Amen. Why do you think you can, again, if we go back to that, that, that Apostles' Creed or the Reformation Creed, whichever one you follow, the Bible teaches us that the whole gospel is summed up in that, that little bit of information. There is no more. That's all there is. But you're looking for something deep. Well, what about? Well, what about? That has nothing to do with your walk and your work and how you're going to get to heaven. No, you, 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 you. I've had many people that I've talked with over the years who honestly thought that my take on the gospel is just too simple. It's just too simple. But all these years, I have been successful in what I'm doing. Must be working for somebody. Must be working for some of y'all. Because you're still here. <laughs> so Paul says this. He says, follow. Now here's the thing he says. Listen. Follow my consistent conduct. Consistent conduct. Here's what that means. That means I have never done everything right. But my motives were always right. If you want to know why I did something, you need to ask me, not speculate. And you see, that's what happens with saints is that if somebody makes a mistake or makes a bad decision, you think it's because. Well, why don't you ask them why they made that decision? I may tell you it's something as simple as that ate pizza last night. Now y'all looking at me strange. You know, if you eat certain foods at night, you have strange dreams. Yeah. I may be feeling that. So I'm giving you a poke chop prophecy. But you understand the premise of what <laughs> Now the problem is, is that, and, and this is the problem with the gospel, this is a problem for churches, is that uh, few teachers and preachers uh, actually try to live an example that people can follow. First of all, people don't know them, that's number one. Number two, the, the, the example is always uh, excess, having more than you. And so you can't, you can't follow that kind of gospel. Uh, uh, don't get me wrong. I believe in prosperity, but I don't believe in a prosperity gospel. You know the difference, right? Okay. Now, I believe that the Bible is very clear in Acts chapter uh, 2 that this is a common thing. In other words, if I got money, you got money. If we were broke, we all going to be broke together. And that's just the way it is. Amen. So the Bible goes on to say, okay. (laughs) 
I can see that coming back to haunt me. I can see that right now. I declare I, I can see that. <laughs> no, I ain't loaning you no money. No, 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 no. Don't ask. Don't ask. The quickest way to learn, lose friends. Do what? Okay, I lost too many friends. I got to keep what few I got. <laughs> Amen. If, my, if keeping a dollar or two will keep me. <laughs> oh, let me go on here. Come on, y'all messing me up now. <laughs> so the Bible says that we have to, we have, to have uh, an experience. Paul experience. Paul's experience ought to be our experience. We have to learn the word we receive and hear it. And then do it. That's why James 1.22 says be doers of the word. Doers of the word. Doers of the word. And not hearers only. And see, that's what happens when we hear something and we don't act on what we heard. Let me tell you what. You can't hear it today and respond next year. You hear it, do it. Because that's the season. That's the window that's open. That's the door. Come on. People say, uh, uh, I saw before me an open door, but I didn't know if I should go through it. Mm. So here's how our peace is divided. See, you know, when peace is the absence of conflict. When you're not fighting with the word, then you're at peace with what God is saying. There are three areas. Peace with God, which is uh, according to Romans chapter 5. Peace with God is salvation. Okay? Say what? Yeah. 5 1 says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So if 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 I have been justified and Christ and I are one, there's no peace, there's no fighting. Then, then the second thing he says is, is the peace of God, uh, is, is the peace of God himself as the as his as the source. In other words, I have God, I have Christ in me. I have the Holy Spirit within me, so I have peace. The Trinity is at one with me, and I am with him. And then the Bible says peace from God, and peace from God uh, uh, is, is, is God dwelling in us. It's in our heart. So when people say it's in my heart, then, then you ought not be confused or conflicted. All right. So here's something, and this is just a sideline. That's Philippians 4 is the peace chapter. Uh, James 4 is the war chapter. Right? Right. Here's what, it, listen, this is what the Bible says in James. It begins with the question, from where the wars and fighting come from, right? So he says, wrong praying. You ask and you don't receive. Wrong thinking. He says, purify your hearts, you double-minded. And then wrong living. He says, don't you know that friendship with the uh, world is enmity with God? So we see that there, there are these, these, these things that are conflicts for us, and then there are things that make for peace, and we have to balance the two. That's how we came up with the title. We have to balance what is positive with what's negative, what is, is peaceful with what causes conflict in our life. In other words, my thoughts and my actions must be equal. So the Bible says in, 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 in uh, uh, James, it says, 
that, that there's two instructions on peace, two sets of instructions. He says, when anxiety appears, the cure is always prayer. When you're anxious about stuff, you ought to pray about it. Wait a minute. But he says, when the problem is disorderly, and most people in church are disorderly, I got to tell you. I ask ushers, they'll tell you. Sit over here. I don't want to sit there. Can't come in now in the height of worship. I'll come in when I want. But who died and made you cheat? They don't have them in Giles Church. No, by nature, people are just disorderly. Huh? Now, you would, you would think that the cure for disorderliness is prayer, too, but it's not. Guess what it is? Mental and practical discipline. Now, now, listen to me. If you are out of order, you have to fix you. I can't pray you into obeying. The Bible says Jesus learned obedience by the things he what? I can't pray you. You're going to have to have some practical experience. And this is what Paul is saying. You can't just say, uh, I think I'm going to wake up today and do it right. No, mm -mm. I wish that were the way. But here's what I want you to understand. You are in a war. This is listen, this is a fight for your life. You don't go to battle one day at a time. You go to war all the time. There's no time for you to stop and say, well, I don't know if I want to go out today. You need to go because this is warfare. This is warfare. Amen. Now, let me tell you something. Watch this now, because most people get it confused. You think if you're having a bad day, you ought to stay home. That's the seed of depression. That's the devil himself. You don't need to go out and bother with them. They're just going to mess you up. You already going through enough. Go ahead, pull them covers over your head. Get another nap. Come on, have another drink. Hmm? But if you had to fight, if you had to get up, if you had to go out and face people, come on, and then face Fight to keep your attitude right, to say the right things, to act a certain way. Then you grow up. If I go out and on my bad day and I can make it through that bad day, I'm not going to have a problem with a good day, am I? <laughs> yeah, not what y'all expecting today, but we're going to get there. So Paul uses two verbs here. He says the first on the list is think. He says, think about such things. And we gave you the word legizomai uh, from verse 8. The word means that count on these things and chart its course according to it. In other words, let's go back to that doctrine. What is the doctrine that Paul is teaching? The doctrine of Christ. And then the second thing he says is the word uh, paso. Paso, I'm sorry, I left R out. Paso. The, 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 the word prasso means do. Think on these things and what? Do. Think, then do. 
Remember what I told you to begin. Don't do it the other way around. All right. This is why you get illegitimate apologies, because you do. And then you think after you do it, you think, uh oh, I need to apologize. Well, that see now is back. It's and the reason is. <laughs> and the reason the reason that is. Is because you had ample time to think it through before you open your mouth. Amen. That's why I sing, I whistle, I hum, because I'm thinking it over. Ain't a baby. <laughs> I'm thinking it over, because once it comes out of my mouth, Because sometimes you say, why are you whistling? <laughs> That's why I'm still married, because I whistle. You might, you might have to do something. <laughs> But my point simply is this, is that, <laughs> listen, There's always going to be a fight of some kind if you're going to stay saved. If you think that salvation is just a walk in the park. Mm -mm. That's what that's what the devil wants you to think. You don't have to do anything. Amen. So let me see if I can bring this to a close. Right thinking, right praying, right living. These are the conditions for having the secure mind and then having victory over word. Now, uh, Can I tell you, first of all, worry, worry, worry is a sin. Worry is a sin. And if you are a worrisome person. <laughs> you might make me sin. And that's why you learn how to whistle, right? Because <laughs> some folk can. <laughs> Worry is a sin. I got to say it one more time. Worry is a sin. That's why he said in uh, 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 Philippians 4, be anxious. Don't worry about it. That's why you're in training, so you can do something about it. Mm. Now, the problem here is this, and I'm going to read this to you just as it was written. The problem is many people today seek to have the peace of God without having to deal with the God who is the author of peace. And that's the problem in, 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 in many societies. Amen. You can't have peace of God without dealing with God himself. That's why you got to stop telling people what you think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
It's impossible for you to have that kind of relationship God, with God if you don't have a relationship with God. I know that's redundant. Amen. But I want you to understand it. To know peace, you have to know God. The peace of God is the one test as to whether you're in God's will or not. Hmm? Oh, it's getting uglier and uglier, isn't it? Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were called in one body, and be thankful. Uh, how many bodies are we in? And how many bodies of Christ is there? One. And the Bible says, in that body, peace of God should rule. Now, one translation calls it, uh, let the, the uh, peace of God be the umpire. The rules makes rulings between what should and shouldn't happen in the body. And the peace of God should help you to make decisions about what you should be doing. If you have God's peace, then you can make right decisions. Amen. So when we disobey, we lose our peace. Hmm? You make a wrong decision doesn't make you uneasy. All right. Okay. All right. Well, let me let me let me. I'm gonna skip down to the bottom because I only got four minutes. It may take me a little time to summarize this. Um, <clears throat> we do not advance upwardly unless we desire to go up. Now, I, I said something to you all last week that probably insulted some of you. I said y'all are comfortable with chicken. Y'all remember that? And if, if, if a nugget is your dream meal, no, 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 you're not going to advance. I think you can get uh, one, I think, I believe Golden Korea, you get 10 for a dollar. <laughs> 10, 10 for, 10 for, what could be in that? You get 10 of them. I mean, they got to fry them up and package them up and then hand it to you and still just get a dollar. What could be in that? And who determined that 10 was the break point where you could make a profit of? Now, y'all follow what I'm saying. If you don't have a desire to go up, you won't go up. Our thoughts shape our lives. We grow little or big by the ideals we cherish and the thoughts that we dwell upon. I can be as big as I want to be if I think the right thoughts. Or I can become as small, or let me change that so you'll understand, petty. Are y'all with me? 
So worry, anger, fear, you have to avoid all of those things because you will find yourself thinking abnormal or depressing thoughts if you do. And that's why I tell you all, stop talking about what you don't have because that depresses you. And when you get depressed, you start to worry. Now you're going into sin because of something you don't have. You didn't do anything. You just sat there in the chair by yourself and went right on into sin. See how? No, that's what I'm saying. Right in church. Amen. Victory over, I'm closing with this. Victory over harmful thoughts cannot be achieved by suppressing the thoughts. I'm just not going to think about that. But the Bible says, but you must supplant them with right thinking. In other words, you have to replace that thought. You can't just avoid not thinking about it. Huh? It's like, uh, it's, it's like on the Sunday that pledges are due. Folks won't come to church. And what does that have to do with anything? If you were disobedient, whether you're home or here, it doesn't make any difference. I'm going to wait till next week. I'll have it next week. And you think you can bargain with God like that? So, oh, don't make me say it. Yeah, I'm going to say it. So you think God is slow as you are? All right. Now, balance. That's the key here, balance. I have this song. But you, you know the song. I'm going to read the verses to you, okay? And I'm going to show you how balance comes into your life. All right? Listen to this very carefully. See if you recognize the song. When peace like a river tendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well. You see the balance? No, you didn't get it. Okay. Peace like a river. Billows roll, two conflicting things. You see that? He says, but whatever, whichever, thou has taught me to say, it is. Here's one more. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that, has, that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and shed his own blood for my soul. So it is well with my soul. I'm going to skip all the way down to the last one. And it says, And the Lord hastes the day when my faith shall be sight, the clouds be rolled back as a scroll, the trump shall resound, and the Lord 
shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. Every now and then you need a song. Now, don't ask me why people say that's a funeral song. I don't have a clue why people decide what's a funeral song. Okay, because that's what y'all thinking. If I ask them, that's a funeral song. Who said it? Amen. Well, I guess God says sad. It's not sad. <laughs> I'm trying to teach you something. If you can get something like this in your spirit, you realize that things in the world are going crazy. That you know that no matter what happens, it's still well with your soul. And this is how we learn to balance our attitudes or our actions with our thoughts. We balance them because we know that in the end it's going to be well. Stand up on your feet. Full disclosure, I always love that song, no matter who's singing it, whenever they're singing it. Let's pray this morning. Father, just as the Old Testament Saint Job said, you know the way that I take. I'm saying to you this morning, Father, lead me guide me into all of your truth. I want to know the way that you take. Thank you for the fullness of who you are being exhibited in me and through me. Make me steadfast and immovable in your word so that I might be that example that people can see in all of my humanness in all of your holiness. And God, I thank you for it. God, I believe that if you continue to lead me and order my steps, that I will continue to lead your people into the fullness of who you are. So God, I give you praise now for what you're doing in their lives, in my life, and God, your whole church. And I pray that the abundant blessings will be poured upon, out upon the people who are able to receive them. Open the eyes of their understanding. Give them a mind to receive. Ears to hear. The tongue of the learned. And God, I thank you for it. So now let your will be done in us as your kingdom is manifested in us. In Jesus' name.